Greetings and welcome back to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. You're listening to episode number 81 with my very own sister, Sarah Winterstein of Sister States. And we're recapping our whole trip to Europe, our content trip slash her elopement slash me trying to figure out how the heck to use all this content to my advantage. We had a good little think tank about it. Uh, so I know you'll enjoy the episode and make sure you're following both of us on social, MKW Creative Co. for me and Sister States for Sarah. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Kiss my aesthetic Branding, marketing, entrepreneurship You're listening to the Kiss My Aesthetic Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Winterstein of MKW Creative Co., where we build brag-worthy brands through visual identity design and social media. You're in the right spot for branding, marketing, and entrepreneurship advice, so enjoy the episode. Greetings, and welcome back to the Kiss My Aesthetic Podcast. I have my sister today. Hi, Sarah. Hi. We are fresh off the trip to Europe. We went on a 20 plus day, what we called a content trip, kind of bookended around what? Tell the people what we went for. So I was planning my very first European elopement. I'm a wedding planner and I had clients who were doing an elopement in Positano. And so if we were going to go all the way out there, might as well make it a full trip. And Michelle is my guaranteed wedding planning assistant traveler. So anytime I have a destination wedding, she gets to come with me. And so, yeah, we just made a full trip out of it. I'm definitely going to ride those coattails because I'll take any excuse to go to Italy. Um, and I'm even wearing my my Heart Belongs in Italy sweatshirt right now. Um, but for people who don't know your business or maybe didn't listen to old episodes of the podcast or haven't followed you yet, can you tell us how you got started and how that led up to now? Like what major benchmarks you've hit along the way. Yeah. So I am a wedding planner based out of Dallas. I was primarily US-based, Dallas-based, and in the last two years have kind of structured my business and geared my business more towards destination because after doing Dallas weddings for a few years, I feel like I've gotten into a rut of doing the same things. And as a creative, once you are forced to do the same things over and over and over again, um, you kind of look for those challenges and there's and those new ways to kind of like flex your creative muscles. And so that's why I kind of geared towards destination. But I started in the Dallas market, kind of working for other wedding vendors, working for a planner, working for a florist, a stationary company, got my footing in Dallas and now have just been, now that I hit my five-year mark, have been um, kind of gearing myself more towards travel weddings. So how did this travel wedding come about? Of course, I know the story, but let's kind of share the timeline of this Positano elopement. Yeah. So back in the beginning of the year, um, I think it was around January, I was approached by another photographer out of Houston who also wanted to take her business internationally um, and you know wanted to expand into the European market. And so she approached me about doing an Instagram giveaway. So the giveaway was for an elopement in Europe, and it was with me, a photographer and a florist. And the purpose of the giveaway was to um, really just gain experience in a new market, be able to say that we went to Europe, that we did it, and have those images and those testimonials um, to kind of help us promote our business more in a European market. And also to like, like I said, just to have proof that we were there and we did it and to be able to show that as like a case study to other couples who potentially maybe also want to go and get married in Europe. And I had a lot of conversations with a lot of different vendors recently. Um, and we all kind of came to the conclusion that like the consumer doesn't know what you don't tell them. So before I did 
a European elopement, most of the consumers or most of my clients or people who came on my page didn't know that I did that. They didn't know that you I hadn't could, done it before. I hadn't <laughs> done it yet. And they didn't know that I was willing to, not even that I could, because I knew I could, but they didn't know I was willing to, you know, go over to Europe or willing to go somewhere new or work in a new market because all they had seen on my Instagram for the last five years was Dallas weddings. So it wasn't until I showed them like, Hey, I'll go to Europe for your wedding that I've, you know, um, started to get more and more people interested in the markets that I want to work in. It's so interesting learning through you and the wedding industry, how all of that operates because in brand design, this is the kiss my portfolio challenge, right? This is me teaching designers. Hey, here's a totally hypothetical prompt that you can add to your portfolio because if you want to work in food and Bev, or you want to work in hospitality, or you want to work in a different industry, you have to show people that you know what you're doing, even if you haven't done it before. So the best way to do that is to have pieces in your portfolio that reflect the direction of where you want to go. So Tell me about how planning this elopement or doing this elopement giveaway is different than like a styled shoot because those a styled shoot is more similar to a hypothetical wedding. Yeah. So we had kind of tossed around the idea of doing a styled shoot um, either in Europe. And that is, I mean, a great way to do, you know, to get stuff into your portfolio. But I think style shoots have gotten a little like oversaturated in the wedding market to where I think now consumers are getting smart and they can pinpoint a styled shoot versus a real wedding. Um, So, you know, having an empty table of six empty chairs in the middle of a field isn't necessarily going to resonate as much as a true couple, an actual couple in real life who's, you know, you can see the joy on their face. You can see the love on their face. You can see all the emotions that are in the wedding day. And then also you've got that client testimonial now and a referral source of um, this bride and groom, which if you do right by them, then they're going to say, you know, we had this amazing experience with this planner and they're going to refer you and you never know who they know who wants to go get married. So you're not only promoting your business, they're now promoting your business for you as well. Yeah, it definitely has the benefit of of that marketing piece after the fact. And I feel like a lot of the wedding market is shifting away from the big weddings. You said you're kind of moving away from Dallas. You're moving away from, not moving away from Dallas necessarily, but you're kind of broadening your scope within the market. Um, What would be the pros, cons of an elopement versus a wedding? Like what would you classify as an elopement and what's like a micro wedding? Yeah, so kind of elopement and micro weddings are, you know, they feel very like, they're synonymous. Like they're kind of the same thing, but I think there's going to be, and I, like I said, I've been talking to a lot of vendors recently. A lot of, I had two meetings with photographers yesterday. I've just been, um, connecting with a lot of people and we all kind of agree that like the next big thing for weddings and the next wedding trend we're going to be seeing is destination elopements. Um, and I think that's going to go hand in hand with this, like, doom and gloom recession that everyone says we're heading for. Because in Texas and in the US in general, weddings are super expensive. And when you do something US-based, you're expected to invite, you know, a lot of people and your family's inviting people and you're inviting people and the guest list can just snowball and then the whole thing's out of control. Whereas when you go to Europe, you have kind of an excuse built in where you can just say, hey, sorry, like we're going far away. We're keeping it small. Um, And then you can really scale back and do a smaller wedding, but without compromising it feeling special. Because I think people like to scale down, but within the US, when they scale down, they don't want it to feel like they're doing bare bones or that they had to compromise 
on what they wanted. So they're like, oh, we'll just go to Europe. It's going to feel special. It's going to look amazing. And like bare bones in Italy is going to look way better than bare bones in Dallas every time. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's also, like you said, the recession, like things changing, inflation, prices being crazy high, but also just the amount of resources that you have to use, I feel like, to put on a wedding here. And the fact that a lot of the companies here, like they're making up for COVID. um, And so they're charging more. What other changes have you seen in the wedding industry since like the big shutdown 2020? Um, So right after 2020, when we got back into it, it was just like wedding palooza. It was everybody was having weddings and the guest counts were going way, way up. Whereas normally you could expect about 20% of people to say no. And then um, after COVID, it was like only 5% of guests were saying no. So like everybody wanted to go to a wedding since we hadn't been to one in a year, two years, all that kind of stuff. And so I think that coupled with Supply chain issues coupled with labor shortages coupled with all that stuff has made a lot of the prices skyrocket um, in the U.S. mainly. And so that's, again, another reason why I think destination weddings are going to become so popular because they're going to become way more affordable. And as you know, in my business, I always like to try to find what the next big thing's going to be. Mm-hmm. I'm always trying to get ahead of the curve. And so, um, I mean, just from talking to a bunch of people, I really think destination weddings is going to be that next big thing for the wedding industry. Also, because it's cheaper to fly to Europe round trip than it is to go to Ohio. Sure is. Yep. Like that doesn't make any sense. And I think that taking you know our money elsewhere makes a lot of sense. But let's talk about this giveaway again. What did you do to prep for this giveaway? Like what was the process? When was like the first conversation to then actually going to post it live? I met with a photographer who brought me on and it was really her kind of idea from the start that she wanted to do it. So we had conversations about what um, parameters we wanted to put on it, you know, like which destinations we were going to allow, how many people, what all was included, kind of like your terms and conditions of a giveaway. Um, And so we really talked about, um, you know, like what images we wanted to get. Cause even though, like I said, I wanted to do right by my clients and wanted to make sure they had a great experience so that they could be a referral source for me. It was also about like, we want to make sure we're getting, you know, those certain images for our Instagram and for our websites to where, again, you show it to people and they're like, Oh, she went to Italy. That's so cool. Um, you know, more than just like a bride and a groom in a pretty place. Like we had a bride and a groom on the beach in Positano with like all of the buildings in the background and the boats. And like, it's that very iconic picture that really resonates with people. Same thing going to Paris and you get a picture of the couple in front of the Eiffel tower. Like it's one of those pictures that you see and you can immediately recognize where it is. And it like immediately resonates with someone is like, Oh, they did a wedding here. Um, and so that was kind of the goal for this. So we just really set around parameters, guidelines, talked about terms and conditions and then went live with it maybe like a week later posting on Instagram. Um, All three vendors were posting. I was putting it on TikTok and really just kind of spreading the word of like, hey, who wants to come to Europe with us? And then how did you narrow down who was interested? Uh, So we had an entry form sheet that everyone had to fill out. Um, It was just like a Google forms of like, where would you want to go? When would you want to do it? What would this mean to you? Why are you interested in an elopement? That kind of stuff. And even though it was a giveaway, we, we weren't doing like a random 
award winner. Um, we didn't pick it randomly or like pick it out of a hat. We interviewed each of the couples. Um, I think we narrowed it down to about like five, our top five. And then we interviewed over Zoom all top five candidates to be able to distinguish who we thought was going to be a good fit, um, you know, who was going to be the most excited about it, who it meant the most to, because sometimes when you do a giveaway, you can, we didn't want to fall into the trap of the clients not caring because they're like, oh, we're getting it for free. So like, it's no sweat off our back if it, you know, doesn't go well or we don't like it. Um, we really wanted someone who was going to like be invested in how it turned out and maybe want to go that extra mile to like walk all the way down to the beach to take pictures after doing it up, you know, on the hillside or someone who was like going to be more invested in how it turned out and like being involved in the process versus someone who's like, if it doesn't work out, we got photos in Italy and whatever. So then as the planner, now you've selected the couple, Katie and Matt, shout out to Katie and Matt. Um, You selected the couple and then what happens next? What's your role as the planner? Yeah. So after we selected the couple, um, then my services kind of kicked in before obviously the florist and photographer. Um, So I was working really closely with the couple to location scout and venue scout. Um, I helped them narrow it down between the giveaway was for anywhere in Europe. It could have been, I think we narrowed it down to like France, Italy, or Spain or Greece. So you could go to those four places. So then after we chose them, we kind of helped to narrow it down. They said, we want to go to Italy or we want to be somewhere near the ocean. So that helped us narrow it down even more to the Amalfi Coast. So once we chose the Amalfi Coast, then I helped them decide, do you want to go to Amalfi? Do you want to go to Positano? Do you want to go to Ravello? Do you want to go to Capri? And was sending them all of these branded documents and tons of information of like, if you get married in Capri, this is what it's going to look like. If you get married in Ravello, this is what that would look like. If you get married in Postano, this is what that would look like. Um, and doing all the research, contacting all the hotels, all the vendors, getting pricing, all that kind of stuff, and really helping them narrow down like what was going to be the best fit for what they wanted. And then, then we get there. Then we're in Europe. I've spent a ton of time traveling, of course. And you have, we've, the last time you were there was what, 10 years ago? Uh, I've never been to the Amalfi Coast before. Well, in Europe in general. Well, we had gone with our family, of course. Yeah. yeah. So I guess it wasn't that long was ago, it, like 2018? Four years. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, how do you feel like you travel now with the potential of doing destination weddings? How do you feel like the way that you travel has changed or has it? Um, I think it's changed, but I also like part of it's changed because I'm a business owner. And now, like you said, I go to these places and I'm like, Oh my God, what if we, wouldn't it be so cool if I could do a wedding here or do a wedding here? And you're taking lots of pictures and you're posting it to Instagram and TikTok of like, this could be you, this could be your wedding. Um, and really seeing it through the lens of like business opportunities, but also just because the last time we spent any real time in Europe, I was 12. Yeah. And we were on a cruise ship and I was like, the food here is weird. I want to go back on the cruise ship and eat ice cream. Um, and so you don't really get to appreciate the museums or the landscape or the architecture or, you know, the language or the food or anything. Cause you're just like, mm, this is different. I don't like it. So going back as an adult, you definitely like, you want to experience everything that's different and you don't really necessarily seek comfort. You seek like new experiences change. and new things and change. And then, like I said, applying that to business of like, I see the same 10 venues in Dallas all year long. And then I go to Ravello and I see this incredible, gorgeous garden and I'm just like blown away. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I need to do a wedding here. It's amazing. It's incredible. It's so different than what I'm used to seeing all the time. Mm -hmm. 
Speaking of business moves, we did also pitch a bunch of brands to work with before we left. So once you had the idea for the elopement, you're like, I'm going to Italy. I was like, I'm coming with you. We kind of built out the itinerary with this, this elopement, like smack dab in the middle. So we did New York first, then London. We went to Amalfi Coast, so Positano, Ravello, Amalfi, and then Rome, and then Lisbon, which is like quite a big trip. Um, So we kind of had this idea because we're both getting more into content creation and more into video content creation for brands um, of kind of pitching the brands that we might be able to collaborate with and saying, hey, send us products and we'll create you content, right? Um, Talk to me a little bit about your content creation process because you've kind of fell into a groove more with TikTok than Instagram, which is actually perfect timing because Instagram's falling apart. But talk to us about how TikTok specifically has changed your business. I know we have an episode on this, but it's a good refresher. Yeah. So I got into TikTok obviously like a few years ago, right at the beginning. I think 2019 is when I joined. Um, and luckily was one of the first few on there kind of sharing tips and tricks about weddings. So I've been able to grow like not an like insane amount by TikTok standards, but like a decent following, a healthy following on TikTok, sharing wedding tips. And then I ran out of wedding tips. So now it's sharing wedding inspiration, um, and sharing kind of all things weddings. And so I've been able to create content that, for businesses that kind of align with wedding stuff or can, you know, weave their way into weddings. So a lot of like perfume companies and clothing companies and shoes and all that kind of stuff. But my like strength with TikTok has always been just talking face to camera. Like this is what I think about this. So um, kind of intertwining that with products and being able to take those products to Europe um, and show them off was a fun experience. Yeah, I would say so too. And it's also, I mean, obviously my team does video content marketing. And I think when we're traveling, we're going to capture that content anyway. Like we were going to be taking videos and photos and wearing outfits and brushing our hair and drinking wine anyway. So the fact that we got to partner with some of those brands not only was really fun, but it also, for me, it made me think of like, okay, what's the type of content if I were the brand that I would want to see in this exchange, right? right? Like what's going to be the thing that's going to be catch someone's attention on video, catch their attention on social and, and reflect the brand and the brand values. And I think one of the ones we did really well actually was for Rain Cry, the hairbrushes, when we just took the brushes and the hair fragrances with us to Ravello. And yep. we were totally those girls. I think people were definitely making fun of us, but we were the ones that like were there shooting a full campaign for this brand all on our iPhones, all with just like very minimal materials. But now we can pass that off to them and say like, hey, here's your amazing content. Let's keep this door open. Like, let's do a collab. Like I could totally see you using them for some kind of like master giveaway or including them in a swag bag or gifting them to someone because they're these beautiful, like handcrafted, hand-painted hairbrushes from France. Yeah, they were they were gorgeous. And it was so cool to be able to do a little bit of both. So now having done like that content creation abroad, um, because you are like naturally so inspired by being somewhere new, do you feel like you'd want to do more of those situations in the future? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think like you said, kind of being inspired by new places and being able to bring those things that you would have brought anyway. You're like, Mm -hmm. you need a hairbrush with you anyway. So why not get this like 
really great hairbrush and kind of uh, kill two birds with one stone. Like you're promoting your business, you're promoting their business. And as small businesses in general, like it's great to be able to support other small businesses. Mm -hmm. Like my friend Sarah here in Dallas owns a clothing boutique and she um, has an online boutique with super cute clothes. And she was like, just take a few pieces. And like, I would love to get some pictures of you guys, like in these dresses, you know, in the shirt, in that, in Europe, like on a sailboat in Capri, like, you know, wherever and having those pictures for her. And then it was just like great to be able to support another small business, have another small business supporting me um, and have that like really just like grassroots, genuine partnership. I'm listening to Bethany Frankel's book. Actually, I just finished it. It's called Business is Personal. And she talked about how when she was on The Housewives, she got so much shit from the other housewives for rocking up to an event in a in a van or in a car that was like wrapped with her skinny girl logo. Mm -hmm. And they were like, (laughs) they were giving her so much crap because they're like, you would promote your own business, blah, 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 blah. And she basically looked at them and she's like, you're head to toe in Hermes, Louis Vuitton. You're wearing Gucci, Prada, all this stuff. Like you're advertising for them. Why wouldn't I take this opportunity to advertise for myself? If you're not going to promote your own business, then who... Who is? Yeah. Exactly. My exactly. Home screen on my phone is a picture of myself. And <laughs> one of my friends was like, I, Why is your home screen a picture of yourself? And I said, If you don't like yourself, who else is going to? True. Like, for myself. I like to look at true, it. True. True. Um, speaking of creating content and creating content for yourself, how helpful was it to have a bunch of clips now, of course, obviously, of the wedding in Positano, but how are you using the content that we created there already? to share on your socials and get more inquiries for, for abroad weddings? Yeah. So basically since being back, I've just been like using, reusing, re-reusing any clips I got of us in um, Europe, specifically the ones in Positano of the actual elopement. And this was one of the terms and conditions in the giveaway was that we were allowed to use videos, pictures, content for social media. So that was something that the client had to sign off on before we even went into it. And it's funny because this, the people that we chose for the giveaway found out about the giveaway because I had posted about it on TikTok. So they had already found me through TikTok. They were familiar with my page. They knew kind of like what I did and what kind of clips I posted from weddings. So really just using all of those videos and images to create stuff on TikTok with like trending sounds or like, you know, funny audios or whatever to kind of show again, to show people like, I know you usually see me in Dallas, but guess what? I'll go to Europe too. And so like posting, reposting, doing all that kind of stuff on TikTok. And since being back, I think we've been back for what, like a week, um, maybe a week and like two days. And I've gotten six inquiries for elopements from Italy. Um, or just like in Europe in general, I've gotten a few Spain, I've gotten a few Italy, again, of people being like, I didn't know you did that. But now that I know it, like, I want to do that. And there's a good chance that the people who are finding you on TikTok with these videos also maybe haven't followed you, but they are following very closely Positano or they are following very closely like European summers, because that seems to be all the content that's getting posted. I don't know that your and my For You page are very saturated with everyone going to Italy right now. Um, so if you had to guess, if you were to be a year from now, where do you think people are going to be like interested in this time next year? I have been, that is my question. I have been racking my brain for the last like week. Cause again, I always like to try to get ahead of trends and like establish myself before a trend starts. 
And so I've been asking like everybody I know, I'm like, where's the next big thing? What's going to be the next big thing? I think, and this is like, I could be completely wrong. So we'll have to flag this podcast, come back and listen to it a year from now and see if I was right. I think it's going to be Spain. Spain? Yeah. Where in Spain? Spain. I think like like, Valencia? Like Barcelona or like Madrid. I'm getting like, I've been getting a lot of Italy uh, elopement requests, but like, I've also been getting this one behind Italy has been Spain. We're getting a lot of Spain interesting. requests. Interesting. And interesting. I've been talking to a lot of vendors who were like, oh, like I want to do a style shoot in Spain or like, I want to go to Madrid. Or, I want to go to Barcelona. And I'm like, I'm telling you, I think it's going to be Spain. Okay. I'm down for a Spain moment. And also after this, go look up Mallorca because mm-hmm. when we were in Mallorca, they have these crazy, crazy caves And they do floating orchestras in the cave with floating candles and like this crazy, very Phantom of the Opera vibe, like crazy Spanish. Okay. All right. I'm into the Spain thing. This is a good idea. Hey, designers, you probably heard me say something a little bit ago called the Kiss My Portfolio Challenge. If you're unfamiliar, I created a 10-day, 10-prompt challenge to help designers design better through a hypothetical idea. You can actually purchase these challenges exactly on my website, and this will walk you through a whole project that you can then use on your website, on your social, and pretty much anywhere else to show off your mad design skills. The link is in today's show notes for the episode, but you can also go directly to my website, mkwcreative.co and my portfolio to check them out. Good luck. All right. So kind of switching gears from your business to mine, my path towards sharing all of this content has been a little less linear and I'm trying to sort it out. So maybe we can like think, take it, think tank it a little bit because although I did travel to New York and did do work in New York with Hotel Lobby Candle, we shot their campaign. We had all these brand deals. That's great. It's not as related to what my team and I do, which is brand design. So I kind of called it my, I called this whole trip content trip slash creative sabbatical and creative sabbatical, basically meaning like go out, get re-inspired. And maybe you don't need to know how these little inspiration pieces get peppered into your work just yet, but that they may play a role down the road. And I'm having fun kind of like sharing, like here's color palettes inspired by these places or here's the vibe that was this kind of spot. But if you were me, what advice would you give me on how to use this content for, to drum up some new business? Ooh, that's a good one. (laughs) Um, I think like you said, the color stories or like just branding in general. Um, I sent you a TikTok this morning. I don't know if you watched it. Mm -hmm. It was the Meredith Blake one where... Uh, she was like, we all know Meredith Blake. She's an iconic movie character. If you were Meredith Blake, this is what your branding would look like. Um, and kind of doing those kind of things. So like, you could definitely do like, if London's your aesthetic, this is what your branding would be. And like, I feel like you and I work very, our minds work very similarly where you can give us one thing and we can build a whole aesthetic around it. Like I give you London and you probably already know what that branding looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas like, I think we were talking about it when we were trying out perfumes in London and this woman was uh, sprayed a perfume and she goes, this perfume is for the girl that wears a floral dress, but with a leather moto jacket. And we Mm -hmm. both knew exactly what she was saying. We were like, you're right. This does smell like a girl who wears a floral dress with a leather jacket. Um, and so kind of like being able to share those aesthetics and how that works with other people of like, you know, if 
Positano is like, if that's what you were all about this summer, then like, this is, you know, here's branding or like, here's other companies whose branding reminds me of Positano. And let's talk about why those remind me of Positano. Like you see this company, they have, you know, this kind of font that's like so reminiscent to me of like the ocean and the boats and like that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Mm-hmm. I definitely have all those clips compiled. Yeah. And I think that that traveling also reminded me that our experience of the world is so much more than visual. And I've kind of been gearing my team towards that also. Like we've gotten into motion graphics, which is technically visual, but it has some like, you know, anthropomorphic qualities. Mm -hmm. Playlists for brands have been really big. I think of smells for brands all the time, especially working with Hotel Lobby Candle. When she describes like scent notes to me, I know what it should look like. Like I know if you tell me Miami is going to be this like bright, but musky, sexy perfume, like I know what that should look like because I can kind of conflate the two things. And then also with how much we visited museums, like talk about all the different vibes of like, it's so different going to a museum in in England versus going to a museum in Rome. Like you get such a different experience um, just in the way that they present their visual objects. Right. So I'm, I'm not, I think you're right. I think kind of like diving into if this is your aesthetic, this is what your brand could look like is kind of going to be my next little mini series um, through social, but kind of figuring out what that looks like or or not knowing how it's going to play out is also kind of okay. Um, And I think as a creative, like you're saying, trying to be 10 steps ahead or trying to be like predict things before they're hitting us in a way of like positioning yourself as a way to position yourself as a thought leader saying, Hey, I had this idea first. Right. So like when we time capsule, you saying Spain is going to be the big spot, which I will throw Croatia in the ring because if it's like a Southern, a Southern Spain, like medieval look Renaissance medieval through Renaissance looking castle-y kind of place that's near the water. That's also Croatia. Totally. That's both. That's both. What are the things do you want to say for your TikTok that you would cut into a clip? I feel like I said a lot of them. Like I said, I went to two meetings back to back last week with photographers or not last week, yesterday. And both of them, I had the same conversation with both and they both were like, yeah, destination weddings are going to be huge. They're here. They're coming. And they both wanted me to do styled shoots with them, both somewhere in Europe and both mentioned Spain. Wow. Okay. Okay. Interesting. And then they also mentioned like Italy or the first couple I met with wanted to do like Tuscany, Italy, Sicily. Like he said something about the boot of, or the heel of the boot. That's Sicily area. Yeah. 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 Interesting. And then you have other destination weddings happening the end of the year. Sure do. I've got Jamaica in November and then Cabo in December. Okay. What's different about doing a European wedding versus a Caribbean or Mexican wedding? Um, I think, you know, just like talking about aesthetics, like we just were, I think generally when you say like, I'm doing a Jamaica wedding versus I'm doing a Rome wedding, those are going to lead itself into two different aesthetics. Like um, anything tropical, you know, Jamaica, Mexico, those kind of places, you're going to have a lot of palm leaves. It's going to be probably a little bit more colorful, a little bit more vibrant, a little bit more relaxed. Not to say you can't have a formal wedding in Cabo or you can't have a formal wedding in Jamaica because you can, but I think generally like people are expecting to be on the sand and they're not going to wear shoes and they're going to wear long flowy dresses. 
versus if you tell someone, you know, my wedding's in Lake Como, then they're going to be wearing heels and they're going to be wearing gowns and it's probably going to be a black tie wedding and you're probably going to have, you know, like uh, more traditional florals. And so I think when people choose their destinations, it says more about like their style and their aesthetic than it does about the actual place that they want to go. And that's something I talk about with clients who don't know where they want to go yet. I'm like, do you want to go to Greece? Because Greece, to me, the aesthetic that I see in my mind with Greece is like lots of neutrals, very white, a little bit modern, um, you know, a little bit more refined where it's like minimalistic almost. But then when someone says, oh, I want to go to Lake Como, like I said, that's black tie. Those are gowns. That's lavish flowers versus I want to go to... Lisbon would be like way more, you know, like artsy, funky, artsy, funky, hipstery, uh, laid back fun. Mm -hmm. And so I think, yeah, aesthetics, like we said with your marketing, you know, like if this is your aesthetic, here's your branding where it's like, if London's your aesthetic, this is what your wedding's going to look like. If Positano's your aesthetic, this is what your wedding's going to look like. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of bridging that gap for people because like, and this is kind of what I'm noticing with my content, at least is the more that I share like travel tips or things that anybody could post is the less traffic that I get versus the one post I made where, where it's me saying I would do it again. Like that's something I would do again. The Kim Kardashian audio where like you and Lauren are walking behind me and then it like flashes your logos on screen. That's the one of the last two weeks that's performed the best. And that's like minimal effort, but it's showing the fact that like, okay, I do know how to make logos. And I think I need to get back to that. And it's crazy because I've worked with like a good chunk of travel bloggers. So maybe that's kind of my foray back into the bridging the gap is like, this is what it looks like to do Jet Set Christina's branding or Kenny Flowers Golf or Lindsay Silberman or Trusted Travel Girl or Girl Gone Abroad. Like that's like, how do we, they have kind of this global perspective. Um, But I think I could kind of get even more narrow on like, this is the London look. This is the Lisbon look. This is the Rome look. This is the, the Italian coast look. And it's because it's drawing from these qualities, right? It's drawing from the food, the culture, the music, the architecture, the color palettes, the styles, and kind of getting that pulled more to the I think you also have to think too, like when I said, your clients don't know what they don't know. So they Mm -hmm. didn't, my clients didn't know that I went to Europe until I went to Europe and Mm -hmm. said, look at me, I'm in Europe. So like Mm -hmm. what your clients not know about you that you want them to know, but you haven't told them yet. True. And the fact that I visited so many countries, I think I could also go in and say like, this is what a Switzerland brand looks like. This is what a Costa Rica brand looks like. This is what a Cape Town, South Africa brand would look like. And it's going to pull from all these places. Position yourself as a brand designer who... A worldly aesthetic. Yeah. Who's a global brand designer. Like I have lived in all these places. I've traveled to all these places. I've seen all these things. I've studied art in all of these places. So like when I give you your logo, it's going to be... Uh, from someone who's seen everything. So if I've seen everything and I've done everything, then I can promise you your logo is like uniquely you or your logo is going to be like the best of what I've seen in all these places. I'm mashing it up and to put it into a unique logo for you. Or I know all these markets I've been to Switzerland. I know, you know, if you're trying to reach a certain demographic, be like, yeah, I've lived there. I've been to that demographic. This is what their, you know, this is what values. they do. Yeah. These are what their values are. These are typically the aesthetics in that place. These are, you know, they're just like where they lean for design. So like if you're trying to reach that market or if you're trying to have that aesthetic, then like after, you know, living in Rome for how many months, like this is what the Romans do. Mm-hmm. Like, and mm-hmm. if you want to appeal to us based 
if like your aesthetic is Rome and you want to find more people who have the same aesthetic to you, but within the U S then like, you know what the, I I mean, I feel like this thought process is making sense in my head, but it's hard to describe. Yeah. Like if I want people, it's basically going back to, if I want people to elope in Positano, I have to give them the iconic Positano. Positano. Right. You have clients who come to you that say, I want to appeal to this demographic. You can say like, well, I know that demographic and here's what they, here's what people think of when they think of Positano. Right. And I think that this kicks off an interesting conversation of like, it's kind of, if I do go down this route, because I want to come up with a TikTok series. It's basically like day one of me posting this until this. Because I know a lot of people right. use that like kind of titling. So maybe we'll, let's like just brainstorm on that. Well, what do you want? Um, I want more clients. I want more clients that can see the way that we put together brands based on like a collective, like multi-sensory elevated aesthetic. Do you so, have a certain kind of client, like a certain kind of company, a certain kind of brand, a certain kind of... Yeah. I My favorite clients to work for are like luxury, hospitality, lifestyle goods. Like right. the, give me the hotel lobby candle. Give me the interior design brands. Give me the JC Selects wine. Like and say after staying in luxury hotel or like after staying in well-designed, after staying in three Hoxton's for the last three weeks. True. Here are here are the branding things that they did so well that I'm now implementing into Bragworthy. my company. Yeah. Bragworthy. Bragworthy. Yeah. So, yeah. okay. So maybe it's like day one of me posting. Mm, it's going to come to me as soon as this is over. But I think the point of it is just like, like you're saying, like pull out. Because even when on all my years of being a digital nomad, I always wanted to do the bougie things. Yeah. I always like, I was friends with backpackers who wanted to do like, let's eat street tacos for every meal. And I was like, yeah, I love a street taco, but like, I also yeah. love walking into a Ritz Carlton. So yeah. which one's it going to be? And it doesn't mean that it has to be all luxury all the time, but how do you mix those highs and lows? Because I like feeling fancy. I think you got to do like the girl boss route of like, if I was this person's PR manager, this is, if I was their publicist, this is town. what I would do. Yeah. So you could do like, if I was designing your luxury hotel, yeah. like these are the fun little things I would include. And yeah. I know this because I just stayed at three Hoxton's in the last three weeks. Right. And these were the things that like, every time we turned, every time we walked in the door, the radio automatically turned on. True. To like a very vibe, like a very vibey song. Mm-hmm. Like a little tiny turnstile radio turned on to like a super vibey song so that the first time you walked into the hotel room, it like you said, it went with all the senses. Like it had, they, I'm sure they curated a list of songs that plays when you walk in. Mm-hmm. Like it was very like puts you in the moment. It smells good. Now you've got music playing. You've got the crisp white sheets and all that stuff. So like, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. I would just like make videos about that. Yeah. I think the other thing that they did that was so smart is their, their Wi-Fi was totally like open network. Because I think they wanted their lobby to be busy and bustling to make it seem like this is a place where local people hang out. Genius. Like they just had free Wi-Fi, like as if it were a Starbucks. Like you just walk in and you can connect. Beautiful bathrooms, beautiful interior design. Like I think that that's very, very intentional of like they wanted people who are coming to visit to not feel like it was a sterile, cold, quiet lobby. But it was like a place. I mean, they had a live DJ set in Rome. Like for dinner. That's so true. Yeah. I need to kind of figure out how to reposition it, but I like this idea of creating kind of like a micro series of like, of like day one of posting city aesthetics and how they would work for these kind of brands. And then just saying like, I know luxury because X, Y, and Z or like, 
this hotel was great because of like, blah, blah, blah. Well, and I think I'm really hungry for, for these kind of very like hyper location specific aesthetics, even if your product is global as the antithesis of like what skin by Kim Kardashian and what road by Hailey Bieber. Like I put the two of them in my Facebook group, like the post of both of those skincare lines side by side. And I was like, hot take, this is fucking boring. Like I'm bored. This is so minimal. It like has no flavor, no personality, no sense, like no part of me like sees that. And it's like, oh my God, that's beautiful because it just feels flat. And like, I'll give Kim credit where it's due. It's very much her aesthetic, but this one by Hailey Bieber, like I think of Hailey Bieber as being way more colorful, way more fun, way more like glowy and sun-kissed, like then what she's giving her packaging is like gray yeah, with white text. Like a wet blanket. <laughs> really? Yeah. So then maybe it is consistent. Yeah. Um, but I think of her being like more, at least in her personal style, like a little bit more risk takey than yeah. what she did as skincare packaging, which was so blah. Yeah. So blah. So yeah. That's interesting. What other brands, trends, like aesthetics are you feeling like you really love? And also let's talk about Engage's aesthetic versus Dallas Wedding Club. Your two other little branches, your baby branches. Dallas Wedding Club is a community and online group of brides getting married, um, specifically in Dallas, but it's not you know limited to just the Dallas area. Um, basically, is a way for people to bounce ideas off of each other, ask for recommendations, and really just open up the conversation about like the stuff about wedding planning that you don't necessarily want to publicize, like pricing and how much things cost and all of that. Um, really just a group for people to be a resource for each other and to like understand, you know, the wedding process, because even if you're getting married, um, you know, you might not have anybody else in your direct life that's also getting married. And the problems of wedding planning are like so unique to just wedding planning that it's like, you don't get it until you get it. So I'm trying to give people a group where everybody gets it. Nice. And then you have the other branch engaged aesthetic. Engaged aesthetic is the beginning stages of a brainchild of, um, I don't even know what it is to be honest. (laughs) I would say that it's, you're right. It's in its infancy because it's not totally materialized yet, but the need or the want, the desire for when you first talked to me about it was like to create a brand that sells bridal paraphernalia. That's not cringy. Yeah. That's not like tacky and ugly. Bridal accessories and clothing and, and favors and whatever jewelry, like anything that fits under the umbrella of like, from the second you get engaged until your wedding or, or slightly thereafter, something, anything that would be involved in that whole process, that's something that you'd be proud to wear that feels luxury. It feels high end. It looks designer. Even if it's not, it doesn't say like bride tribe and like script. With feathers yeah. and 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 dangles and shit, yeah. um, as kind of like the anti chuggy yep. same penis forever kind of place, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which I think there still very much is a need for that market, but now if we join forces and we create some kind of, so you're getting you're eloping in Spain. Yep. Here's what you buy as gifts or here's what you people can buy for you as a gift that fits this Spanish style. That is the Spanish engaged aesthetic kind of thing. That's that next chapter. Maybe, maybe. So stay tuned, put a pin in it, come back to this episode in a year and see where we're at in a year from now. (laughs) 
Super if we survive, right. if we survive the recession, yeah. if the world doesn't fall apart. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Well, where can everybody find you, follow you, connect, maybe hire you to do their elopement? Yes, absolutely. Um, my Instagram, I'm going to make it really easy for you guys. My Instagram, Sistered States. My TikTok, Sistered States. My website, SisteredStates.com. And um, my Facebook group is Dallas Wedding Club. Perfect. Well, thanks for coming on and brainstorming with me. I feel better now. Now I feel like I have an assignment. I have to go like make all these videos on TikTok. You're welcome. I came up with a really good idea yesterday. For, for me? No. For my friend, for my friend who's he went to um, Engage Summit, Mm. which is a big wedding conference, and he was like, "Yeah, when you know, you meet a lot of people there, and then after Engage, they give you the whole address directory list, so you can send thank you notes." And he goes, "Last time I went, I sent a thank you note, but it like to people that I met that I enjoyed meeting that I want to connect with." He goes, "But it didn't go anywhere." I was like, "Well, yeah, because you send a thank you note, and there's like literally no call to action. It's not telling people to do anything or like." Mm just the thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, you could get do. So then we got down the thought process of, I was like, you could do a gift because like the first thing people do when they get a gift is like take a picture of it and put it on Instagram and be like, thanks so-and-so for the gift. And he was like, yeah, but like, you know, like food and wine and like that kind of stuff only lasts as long as you're drinking it for like. Right. And so I told him, I said, well, you're a photographer, like print out the prints you took of New Orleans and mm-hmm. send the print to them. And send mm-hmm. a note that said like, "Hey, I took this while we were there. Thought you might like it. You know, I enjoyed so nice connecting. You. Yeah, I enjoyed meeting you in New Orleans because he took like really nice film prints of like the French Quarter. Um, like he didn't take it of any people. He took it of like buildings and random shit in New Orleans. But I was like, print those out, send them to him like on a nice canvas print, and be like, it was so great meeting you in New Orleans. I snapped these pictures while we were there. Um, like wanted to give this to you so you could remember your time at." engage and like it was so great meeting you but then also you're showing them your like directly showing them your work yep yep it was very like, wow, true i was like i know you're welcome that's 500 dollars. you're welcome you're welcome yep. we'll have some ideas for me damn it i just did more <laughs> come up with more come up with more um well stay tuned everybody and sarah thanks for joining and we'll catch you next time bye Thanks again for joining us for the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I'm your host, Michelle, of course, and it would mean the world to me if you would go ahead and leave us a review and follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else that you listen to podcasts, really. The Kiss My Aesthetic Facebook group is also going to be a killer resource for you to ask questions, get feedback on anything branding, marketing, or entrepreneurship related. And to catch today's show notes or anything that we talked about in this episode, make sure you go to mkwcreative.co slash kmapod. We'll catch you next time.